spidey senses tingling. Just remember, mark this down, he was the one who suggested Electra Assassin, and he is the host of the Paper Keg Podcast, episode 137. Opinion spoilers for a book club from Jonesy Loves Beer. Welcome to the show. Uh, two out of three hosts wearing a v-neck, I think. Uh, Paperkeg.com, we talk about the books we're reading, and we'll do a book club to close out the show. Uh, what a book club. My heavens. Um, Miller. Sinkevich. Marvel's epic line. Electra. Assassin. Um, least favorite host in show history. He is a family man. He's got a kid. He's got a big screen TV. We all saw it on Twitter today. <laughs> he finally unveiled it. it to the world. Couldn't help it. Uh, LED. Just want to tell everybody out there. Very thin. I've seen it. He's a writer. Book is still in the works. He... Uh, I actually can't even make out his face. It just looks like I'm looking into the sun <laughs> on Google Hangout. Jonesy Loves Beer, welcome to the show. I just want to know if all of your energy is some kind of quill derived at this point. Whether it be day quill, night quill, z quill, how are you doing it? I'm combining quills. The any quills I can get, I'm just combining them into some kind of slimer drink that you guys saw earlier. Oh, Ecto Cooler quill. Um, final host. Probably my favorite host. He's got a beard. Last week, I think you had a go- two weeks ago. There was a goatee forming. Now it's turned into some kind of haggard beard. It's Twitter sensation. You've been off Twitter this weekend. It's kind of been bumming me out. I want to open the app when you're doing things socially. Uh, VP of merch. Yeah. Game of Thrones hoodie. You got in the mail this weekend. Big event. Welcome back to the show. It only uh, shrunk a tiny bit after washing and drying it for the first time. So I think we're in the clear. You know, my back second pair of butt cheeks still protrude from it, but that's neither here nor there. My beard, on the other hand, my grandfather complimented me. I think it looks like poop. Hmm. Uh, I will have to go on the internet again and figure out how to make it look better, thanks to the internet. Do you did you wash the hoodie before you wore it? Is that like a yeah, do you do. wash your clothes before you wear them? I uh, most clothes? clothes, yeah, I do. Hmm. I do. I like that fresh wear before I wash it. Do it's you? One of my favorite wears. Yeah, I don't wash it the first time. I wear it. He also has the skin sensitivity of granite, so nothing can affect him at all. Right, he probably doesn't you don't fully lotion after every shower or uh you know, powder your feet. I'm. I, I don't even want to think about. He probably that, uses one of those abrasive uh, yeah. sponges too, just to get all the skin off. He can't stand oh, it. Oh gosh, horrifying! That's why I'm sick right now. I don't do any of those things. <laughs> Big show. I picked the book club. I'll foot the bill, the explanation bill for this book club. We'll get into <laughs> it later. The epic line. You know those oversized comics. Uh, not quite a graphic novel. I don't think it's as big as those God loves man kills books. But, you know, I saw these print copies at a flea market over here in Bloomfield, New Jersey. And I snatched them up a couple months ago. Never read them. Um, Jonesy sent us a text earlier today, really conveying his thoughts. We'll get into it. (laughs) Really, the first time ever. I mean, uh, any three of us have shared thoughts before the show. Yeah, we should reiterate that we don't talk about the books we read until we're live and recording. Ever. Until now. Much to Jonesy's chagrin. I think that's his least favorite part of the show. Although I'm not, I'm not, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if you two don't text each other during the week. Secrets, book club secrets. Surprisingly, no. Surprisingly, no. Uh, and we'll also read your letters before the end of the show, too. If I think we have a few this week. Um, Jonesy, what did you read this week? Uh, I, I'm having trouble deciding what I want to talk about because Thor was amazing. But I want to talk about this new book that came out 
Copernicus Jones robot detective. Can you guys pick that up? Get in there. I have not. Uh, it is it. a incredible first issue. It's a monkey brain book, so you know the first issue is going to be amazing. I mean, the second and, issue probably won't come out. <laughs> per monkey well, you brain. know, it's uh, this issue one could definitely end, and I would be happy that it just existed in this world. Uh, Copernicus Jones is a Bogart type uh, detective who is also simultaneously a robot. And uh, he gets hired by a dame to go uh, see if her husband is uh, cavorting with any criminal types. And that's the simple premise. But what makes a book like this magical is the ways they try to convey this robot who is transposed into this tropey Maltese Falcon uh, character that we've all seen you know, a million times what makes this character special. And it is just the goofy, atomic robo-esque humor. Uh, it's got plenty of goofy action. Uh, you know, there there's great things like he needs binoculars, but he's got a cell phone and computer built into his hand. So, you know, telescopic vision could be thrown in there. No, he needs actual physical binoculars. You know, he dresses in the trench coat and fedora. You know, the, the dame robot is wearing pearls. It's just... It's really refreshing, I think. Like uh, Dave, the uh, the other robot-based uh, comic properties out now. It's just refreshing, and it's not. You don't have to be super intelligent and super <laughs> jaded and super garvy about the world of comic books. You can just uh, you can just enjoy it for what it is. And I think there's not enough books out there that keep it simple like this. And I really cherish it for that because. I think as comic book fans in general, we get you know all meaty in our continuity, and we forget just to enjoy things. And this this book refreshes you; it makes you feel like that's why we should be reading, just to be entertained. So it's good stuff. It's great stuff. I think you're absolutely right, and I think uh, Copernicus Jones sounds pretty key to kind of remind somebody that it's not all about uh, the six issue arc and the uh, you know the crazy crazy stuff that can happen who are you referencing exactly sounds like you have somebody in mind just be uh, out in the open with it specifically that one would have been a bendis book uh you know a launching t- launching maybe guardians of the galaxy the first arc uh, hmm. it, 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 only because i'm t- i'm going to talk about guardians of the galaxy at some point during the show and uh i thought about how you know the first arc was like Bendis's arcs always seem to uh, stretch five, six issues. That's all. Getting heated right now. I'm Pretty not, anti-Bendis. Right no, off the it was bat. just an observation. I love. I mean, he's probably my favorite. But something like this kind of reminds you that uh, comics can be amazing. It could be one issue or or whatever else. If I could back up to the camera like Buffalo Bill right now. And dance to the song. I wish we had like an NPR style podcast where we just had random music interspliced with segment ends, and you know, it's just like a regular conversation, just well edited. Just fades into this song and then fades back out. Yeah, uh, enough Dale negativity for one minute. No, no it's negativity. just bringing the show down. I want to move on into positivity with a little book called the all new Batman. The Brave and the Bold. You ever heard of that TV show? You guys got kids. You ever watch that with your uh, Hellions? Anybody? <laughs> My Hellions uh, are so not interested. It it uh, makes me think they're somebody else's kids. <laughs> uh, Jack and I are secretly working through Ninjago and uh, Ultimate Spider-Man right now, so we haven't hit Brave and mm. the Bold yet. Secretly working? <laughs> don't, don't worry about I it. Think- it's a good thing I didn't announce this on a podcast that, you know... Transmits to the entire internet. Don't tw- don't you dare tweet about what TV shows you're watching because you'll never hear the end. They're going to ruin the oh, finale yeah. of Ninjago for you. They're going to say, "Don't bother." Yeah. That finale was terrible. I uh, uh, I tweeted about my television and then somebody we know uh, put a knife to my throat and debated the serial <laughs> number. <laughs> it's not a Panasonic. It's not. That thing is garbage. It's not a panty. 
so the all new Batman Brave and the Bold, you know, it's based on the TV show, which is the campy, thick lined, drawn, uh, you know, team up show. So he's always got like a partner and it's always kind of inside jokes everywhere and very enjoyable. And the comic book follows the same route. So the first issue in this collection is Batman and Superman and Superman needs Batman's help, his detective skills, because there's some mystery thievery happening in the shrunken city of Candor. So, and uh, on top of that, he needs uh, Batman's help because, you know, the atmosphere in this area is exact, exactly like Krypton. So when Superman's in there, he doesn't have his powers. Um, so it was just a, a cool little one-issue story written by um, Sholly Fish, who wrote some of my favorite backups in Action Comics. And I wish he was writing Superman in general all the time. Um, so it was just the two of them kind of... It was just like an episode. It was a short 22-page story where they deduce what was happening in the city and who did it and and it was just a tight little package it reminded me of the old batman animated series comic books that were always wrapped up in one issue and it followed the same design and artistic themes of the television show and it it looked great it actually had um uh i think it was rick rick burchett or rick burkett who actually drew those batman issues way back when uh, so he matches the the style of the animated series and whatever book he's drawing in it. It's great, a lot of fun. You know, it's it, it's like um, a typical all ages book. Like you could read this to <laughs> not Jonesy's like you know infant toddler. Well, you could secretly read it to him. <laughs> you could secretly read it while Jack is across the room, not paying any attention. And <laughs> yeah. Jonesy read it could to read, it, read it to him on the couch <laughs> while they're in separate rooms. <laughs> Um, but I hi- highly are, recommend Seriously, are you in my house right that. now? While he's reading uh, Sandra Boynton's The Going to Bed book, uh, <laughs> Jonesy's reading The Brave and the Bold. We're up to uh, Are You a Cow, I think, in her catalog. Oh. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, highly recommended. Shally Fitch, I don't know what he does. I don't know why he doesn't do... He also wrote the Scooby-Doo Batman book, team-up book that came out maybe two months ago. Hmm. Um, but everything he writes in regular universe is, is amazing. I don't know why he doesn't do a monthly book. I think he uh, just picked up a monthly book, I want to say. I don't know why I want to say that, but maybe I heard it on the Did and you hear the, the rumors that Geoff Johns is taking over Superman monthly? What? Re- yeah, really? just heard that over the wire. It's bleeding confirmed. They're probably is like he DC. Just, is he out of frame on your shot, making another recto <laughs> cooler? Is that how you know? Yeah. <laughs> Him and Richard Donner are there uh, mixing. Richard Donner is going to be co-writing an Adam Kubert storyline again. They're teaming up. Uh, Dale underscore A, um, you look great. You you have a beard that is is unlike anything I've ever seen before. Awful, what did you right? read this week? Awful. Um, this to you, my people, my fine friends, is my next plead to you to go ahead and look at the old Comicsology submit section of your favorite local retailer's uh, front end for Comixology and pick up Poop Office... Oh, <laughs> so much for that grandiose entrance. Poop Office number four. And uh, Poop Office is exactly what that says it is. It's a, it's a comic. Each individual page is a comic strip-style book, so it's a self-contained little vignette, each page of the comic. And it's a, a short little kind of jokey thing that happens within an office, but all the playing characters are actually just pieces of poop. And everything, all the j- office jargon is kind of switched around to accommodate that. And, uh, you know, the main protagonist's name is Poopert. And, uh, like, one of the little vignettes is he's in a meeting, and uh, he... Uh, he's just finished up a presentation, and they kind of uh, one of the guys makes a joke. He's like, "Oh, you, uh, that was hard work, or you hardly work." And ha ha. So the rest of the vignette is like people making the same joke to him, <laughs> like for the rest of the day, and that's how it ends. It's just like a, a subliminal, beautiful, sublime uh, comic, and each and every short is the same thing and uh there's one where the uh, the president of the company um mr poopson 
gives him a uh, a best a best butt gift card, and uh, when one of the person, one of the uh, one of the people go to thank Mr. Poops, and he says, "Call me Duke." It's just like, there, there is literally out loud, laugh out loud moments in these books, and it's a treasure for one ninety nine for the full colored version of Poop Office. I highly recommend you pick it up for just a good laugh. I mean, it's it, it's not uh, you know it doesn't get mired in continuity or anything like that. It's just a it's just a great great book. And Ben over at uh, Naked Grape Comics does a great job and. Uh, you know, I, w- Paper Keg is on his team. He uh, he he takes a lot um, and retweets nearly anything that contains the phrases "poop office." And there are some terrible things that people say about this book, uh, mostly about the uh, screening process for Comicsology and sure. how they la- they'll let anything through the uh, through the submit process. But it's actually a very well produced book, and he takes care to make sure. It's in presentable format, and it's he takes he literally takes his time with this book, and it's a great book. Uh, I recommend it. Gift it to your friends, especially you know if you work in an office, it you would get a hearty chuckle out of it. I think this might have been your book of twenty thirteen. I think it might have been. It may have. I'm been. gonna put the words into your mouth. Um, I forgot it's, to in, I forgot to introduce your shawl this week. I apologize <laughs> for not mentioning the sensual shawl that you're wearing this evening. In the uh, in the world of poop office, my book of 2013 would have been Astro. <laughs> there we go. Nice. <laughs> so hope I remember to edit that out. Let's uh, just cue the end music right now. I don't think we're going to go anywhere else. <laughs> Two sentences or less. Lightning round. The most popular segment in this show's history. Uh, Two sentences or less. Another book you read. Jonesy loves beer. Uh, Thor issue 18. The God of Thunder and a Dragon go on a drunken bender together and must pick up the pieces. They get into a fight with their respective dads and must make some tough life choices. Thor Book of the Year. I don't know how it's possible, but I think that was the seventh episode in a row that you talked about Thor, the God of Thunder. Not true. (laughs) Samurai Jack number two. If you even heard about the Samurai Jack television series, you must read this title. Guardians of the Galaxy, 11 Point Now, The Trial of Jean Grey. A great book that ties up the previous storyline while launching... A new one, Sarah Picelli is killing it on this book right now. Electra Assassin by Frank Miller and Mr. Sinkevich Legends, the two of them, finally together on Paper Keg. As they should be. Destiny. Jonesy, please walk us through memory lane with these legends. I'm going to take you on a walkabout. I'm going to take you on a different sort of synopsis. So it's early 1986. Ronin is a huge hit for Mark Miller. Daredevil, huge hit for uh, for Frank Miller and Mark Miller. He's probably in diapers. So Frank Miller... (laughs) Frank Miller sends linen invitations to Sienkiewicz and Mary Jo Duffy and says, please meet me in my California mansion. They arrive. They take seats on these big leather couches. And in the middle of these couches is a glass table. And on the table is cocaine, acid, and peyote. And together... They have a mind orgy that lasts <laughs> three days. And on the end of the third day, they all wake up and finished before them is Electra Assassin. It's the trippiest B thing 
I've ever had the pleasure to read. <laughs> and it follows, question mark, the story of Electra the Assassin as she does something for eight issues. Uh, not limited to wearing red dominatrix clothes that looks nothing like her costume, straddling a fifty caliber machine gun with her thighs and aiming it that way, uh, fighting a kung fu battle underwater where water does not slow her strikes at all, and falling in love with two cyborgs. Don't turn off the show. That was a real thing that happened in this book. Uh, Electra Assassin, right, guys? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much summed you summed it up completely. What did B thing stand for in your synopsis? What was the B short for? Is that a curse word that I'm not aware of? Oh, tripping. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this this book is unlike anything I've ever read in comic book form. The only thing I can think of is that I paged through Grant Morrison's Arkham book. And I think that was also kind of trippy paint painting and words like just kind of thrown onto the page. But uh, whew, what a mini series! My word. Now this- I want to say I, I feel like I was bamboozled pretty pretty horribly. The first issue in my mind is a troll to the reader. You don't. You're, you're meant not to understand what, what's going on. It, it becomes clear-ish that at the end of the first issue, Electra has been on a failed mission, and she has gone insane. She's lost her mind. She's either drugged or, or hooked up to mind control or some other comic book convention um, where you're not sure if you're in a parody of, of a comic book or this is all played straight, uh, but the Sienkiewicz art is out there. And there's kind of a feeling at the end of issue one that, okay, this is kind of just a trippy opening where they're going to set the stage and it's kind of Electra, you know, non-tangentially getting her identity back. And then there's going to be this awesome kung fu ninja action where she takes revenge on all these people and it's going to be an awesome revenge story and it's not. It's just more trippy BS. I think I emotionally gave up on the story around issue six where she does the kung fu water fight in three pages which i'm sure in the script just said hey bill show off love frank water fight and then he ends the issue uh by having electra backflip out of the water onto a helicopter where she upside down straddles a machine gun with her thighs. And that's like the most poignant thing that happens for eight issues. Man, you, you can tell when Jonesy's like in the groove where he's just sucking on that Werther's <laughs> during his synopsis. Oh, yeah. And you can hear his lips pursing <laughs> on and off of that thing in between, he ma- in between making points. Otherwise, just, uh, otherwise the saliva would just like start running down the front of his lips. <laughs> he's got to like tame it back. <laughs> and the... Uh, wind character the the manchurian candidate of this whole story which i'm not sure why there even needed to be a political angle uh they really just beat me over the head with the fact that he was a fake politician by the fact that his you know his face was recycled every panel and he never had a change uh, you know facial expression i just don't get why this book is so beloved hmm. like this is the signs that we were supposed to catch before all-star batman and robin came out I didn't have such heated distaste as Jonesy loves beer for this book. I do, and I love Born Again, so I am cheated most of all. You're coming in hot right now. Sorry, um, I'll, I'll go over the board. This was, according to our intern uh, Jeremiah Wiki, hot <laughs> off the heels of The Dark Knight Returns. Mind you, this is when this book was released, and Miller wrote it full script. Full script, wow. Mr. Quaalude uh, <laughs> Hippote uh, theory. Um, the first issue is it is like you are on the you're on a drug. 
you're on a Sienkiewicz drug, and I guess, you know, two pages, five pages into it, I realize that, okay, I guess I should be reading it like I'm on a drug because Elektra doesn't know what the hell's going on. And first overall I thing that popped in my mind is that she got caught a lot in this eight-issue miniseries. She's like the worst ninja ever. <laughs> she got caught she like five times. Um, but the, I mean, the art is... Unlike, I've never read any other Daredevil. I think they did another Daredevil book together, and Sienkiewicz did the, I think, some other stuff. But I actually, I'm pretty sure that he he did have some kind of alleged drug thing happening during this era, and I'm, I'm not positive on that, so maybe I'll just edit that out. But, like, you read this book, and it, you can't compare it to any other comic book you've ever read. He's doing letters as art like there's a lot of i don't know if the letterist actually did some of the pages where the words are are a piece of the artwork um it feels like every page is a huge matte painting that takes up an entire wall in someone's house and it shrunk down to the page some of the art is even reused in ways where there's no no art it's just someone's face and then text everywhere um I love the art i thought it was great when if i was a kid i probably would have thought this was the dumbest thing ever seeing these pages <laughs> of art like kind of like the Havoc Meltdown miniseries. Like I saw that when I was a kid and the art just didn't do anything for me. And now I kind of appreciate the different art style, but the story was definitely a hard thing to get a handle on. The whole eight issue series, I was very confused. And even the synopsis in the beginning of the book gave me more information that I thought I missed in some issues. Like when did that happen? Oh, that's what's happening. Yeah. The, uh, the synopsis really helped me hang in there at the end of the book at the end of the miniseries. Like you, Slice Slim, the art... A part of me really loved the art. I loved it. But I didn't love it for this story. Like, I loved looking at it, but to help me follow along, the art did nothing to kind of keep me paying attention. But I loved it by itself if if it was just something I looked at. The, uh, I don't know, the, this is probably the, the biggest surprise for me as far as being completely let down 75% way through the, through the arc and then the last two issues kind of really bringing it back to have me something I really liked. Um, if you guys want to read Electra Assassin, just read issue seven and eight and I think it really like congeals and pulls together at the end. The rest of the miniseries is a brainwashing, like it's a, it's an experience that I would not want to relive. I mean, I, I literally thought I was sucking in the same gas that (laughs) 99% of the people in this book were introduced to. Everybody in this book got started breathing this gas. Yeah. I mean, this is this is like the one time you experiment with mushrooms at a friend's house, and you just remember how it was, and you maybe not want to do it again, but you you experienced it. And Electra Assassin is that drug experience that you had that you won't forget. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I want to give props to Marvel and the crew that did this for kind of taking and doing an experiment like this. Just the fact that it's in the, in the, the epic line and it's with Electra, so it's not like an A-lister, but it's almost like Marvel Max to the Max or Marvel Knights. It's something much above even what you would read in a Marvel Knights or Marvel Max. It's, it's like R-rated at times. I mean, but I like the risk they took with the character. I mean, and and I think Electra is Frank Miller's girl, right? Like Frank created her, so yeah, he uh, they probably gave him the ability, the carte blanche, to do that. Was this her introduction, or was she around? No, she was around. Uh, okay, in the monthly because they even show flashbacks to Electra and Matt in in college, I think. Um, but I really, uh, I thought Fury was really cool in this. Like he looked wild. And the uh, cigar hanging out of his mouth and the cigar smoke constantly like cloud in his face mm-hmm. and the eye patch. I really liked his character. I like how... S.H.I.E.L.D. felt like a totally different oh character than what we've all known and loved now. Like Sh- a suit, you know, the funny 
agents that wear suits and then the you know commander hill like this felt like a total dark cd yeah far-reaching yes. than you could ever imagine they're using little clone dwarves to do experiments and the sh- and shield just kind of lets it happen i mean for a long time they were dealing with this exotech or whatever company it was which is doing some pretty crazy dark things and sh- and fury was fine with it even when it was super shady once it got extra shady he's like okay we'll shut it down now but he let it go yeah. for yes. a long time he was completely okay with uh, people being replaced with pneumatic tubes and plastic body parts and everything. But once he found out these people were child rapists and molesters, and he was like, no, pull the plug now. We get, I mean, so it's yeah. okay that, you know, genetically messing with these people. And, but as soon as he found out that they were bad news to begin with, and they tried tampering with their brains to, you know, brainwash them, make them forget... He, that's when he like turned into Colonel Fury that you would think of that is trying to save the world no matter how you know crazy the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, as I sit here and listen to you guys talk about the story, I'm kind of reminded that this is like the ultimate caricature of like the excess of the 80s. And Frank Miller in the 80s was always good to pin, you know, some satire with his work, you know, first at comics and, you know, then to the eighties in general. And it doesn't really shock me then that they tapped him for RoboCop too. I mean, pretty much Electra is, could be, you know, similar in theme to the first RoboCop where everybody's doing blow and nobody can be trusted. And all, you know, all the officers and officials are monsters who just want to make a profit and RoboCop is kind of that lone hero that wants to end it all. And, uh, you know, if someone was in Hollywood and, you know, loved the theme of RoboCop, Frank Miller was the person to go for the sequel. So it just, and you that kind of that, makes sense in the background. You got that political satire in Dark Knight Returns, too. Yeah. Like that, you know, Reagan yeah. was there, and you got some of it in his Daredevil stuff. Um, but this, I mean, the the caricature of the in office president I thought was great. I thought that was hilarious. Um, I liked the wind stuff. I liked that kind of almost South Parkian face that stayed the same no matter what in every shot that this presidential candidate was in and that looked like Dan Quayle. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed that stuff. The other stuff, it was just hard to get a handle on. Like I could never really know what Electra's mission was. There was no kind of, now that I think about it, there was no like narration outside of maybe Garrett. Um, mm-hmm. And that's it, I think. And then just conversations from there. And the Garrett character was kind of just, you know, it feels like a out of left field character to be an anchor for this Electra story. The only part I liked, I loved about Garrett was when he was stuck in the hotel room with Electra. And he was, like, getting drunk on this free champagne at this, uh, um, like, honeymoon lodge. And Electra is just, like, wearing him down by letting him keep drinking. And she keeps taking showers. And, like, he's, like, so... He wants her so bad. And then, like, it, like he's, like, whispering to himself, like, I've seen better. Like, just to, just to try to, like, keep himself calm. But he... And he like, the, like, and this worked with... Um, born again when matt was going crazy in the hotel room like i felt like i was slipping down the slippery slope with garrett getting drunker and sicker and he just like the the stuff that was going through his mind and the art that all worked well to make me feel like i was gonna get sick too because the the way like garrett just kept mumbling to himself and describing the scenes and Mm -hmm. more champagne like the timing was perfect he was like more champagne I just ordered up more champagne. I, I look at her. I seen better, but look at her. Like it yeah. was, it was, it was very, very well done. He he even he wasn't even that great of a character either. They read his rap sheet um, mm-hmm. later, and he wasn't any spring chicken in terms of you know morality. Yeah, I can't he's remember a bad what guy his, too. He was, but he wasn't as bad as the Perry partner. Um, that kind of almost became the villain to a point towards the end and then even the wacky stuff with the beast and the beast's milk as like a running theme like i didn't get a handle on any nope. of that stuff and then she even drinks 
what I think was milk towards the end. And I mean, they allude to some, like there's just a whole running gamut of things that just went over my head. Like the drug that was in her system that made her almost animal like and attuned to animals. Like the snake that they even mentioned the first time around when they gave her like a psych, like a psych test early on and they examined her brain and, just a lot of funky stuff that I couldn't just understand and grasp while I was reading at all. Yeah, and when you back to uh, talking about what her main purpose was, nobody brings it up. Like it, there was a newscaster, I think, that brought up that, or or might have been that chastity chick, which is Nick Fury's right hand. Um, but she was kind of mentioning that they presume that she's there to kill uh, wind. And they think she's right. he, she's presumed to be working with Perry and Garrett, but that's you don't entirely know because by the end, she kills Perry, but she lets Wind live, or she chooses. I forget. I even forget what it was, but it was she was moved. Like, What's her purpose? She moved Garrett's mind into Wind. Oh, that's right. They, yeah, they, yeah. they 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 or I'm sorry. They she put she put Perry's mind into yeah. the corpse of Garrett and then Garrett went into the wind I think or vice versa I can't remember uh, yeah yeah which was missile powers which was a cool I mean I don't remember but I don't remember any of that Electra stuff <clears throat> I don't remember her having mind switching capabilities in any of the Electra stories that I've read and they didn't I just show always it. remember her being you know yeah. just a, a bad a ninja that you know could do some shenanigans that's that's about it and this whole time, I mean, they're talking about how she's hopped up on this narc, this drug that make her animalistic and superhuman. I didn't. This is the first and only time I've ever seen her referred to as being anything more than just a really good human. This is like superhuman stuff that she's she's capable of in this book, and her skin is like steel and 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 everything like that. It's really peculiar. Mm. Like the whole story. There was one uh, the. The one page that really stood out, though, the the description along with the art, as well as with Garrett getting drunk with Electra, was when Electra is in her monologuing her confrontation, her first confrontation with Perry, and she's talking about how there's uh, there's one man that she must kill, but there's metal in her path, and she's talking about how this metal was boiled in cauldrons and poured into... Uh, uh, into shape by clanking machines and then she starts talking about the metal that made up her katanas and uh, uh, metal made soft by fire folded and flattened by a hundred thousand hammer blows folded flattened patiently lovingly endlessly until each of its million layers is thinner than air until its edge is thinner than air like that the, the comparison between her katanas and Perry's like metal bones and both, but both being metal was I thought was really brilliant as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, so two brilliant pages in this eight issue miniseries, where each issue had thirty four pages. You're looking at gold, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hadn't even really thought about it until now, but probably a lot could have been excised and made short, like a shorter miniseries. I can't remember what other series we talked about. Maybe Joe the Barbarian we thought could have been way shorter. Mm-hmm. But maybe maybe not as it like made in half or like a double sized single issue like Joe the Barbarian. But I felt like there was just a lot going on, like a lot of uh, exposition between the Shield agents. You know, saying they almost recapped everything for you in a lot of their check ins with the Shield. Um, but I, like even as crazy as a lot of the the shenanigans happening with Shield, I really liked seeing this eighties darker, drugged out version of Shield than the clean-cut, you know, FBI that we have now. Man, I really that, liked it. That was a whacked-out version, too. Even the uh, her chastity or, or somebody else, like, she was, like, a torso floating on, like, Modoc's platform. I mean, it was <laughs> wild stuff. And the and the uh, the logo was, like, that Egyptian... Yeah. St- oh, that was really far out. Really far out stuff. Jonesy has been reading our next book club during this entire segment. <laughs> yeah. He's done already. No, I just, uh, beyond my initial points, I just, I kind of agree with Dale. Like, if you could imagine that great inner monologue of, you know, Japanese steel and paired it with uh, 
a more congruent storyline, like an Electra, you know, assassin spurned on a failed mission, like a born identity scenario. Like that, this might be one of the most amazing eight issue runs I've ever read. But instead, you know, the trippiness really just threw, you know, drink every time I see trippy. Um, it just threw me for a curveball, and there wasn't enough great stuff for me to recommend this to. And that's really how you judge, I think, one of our book clubs at the end of the day is could you recommend this to somebody else? And I think out of a lot of books I don't like, I would at least say, you know, I don't like it, but there's a lot of stuff here for people to like, so I think it's readable. I wouldn't even recommend this to somebody who was into this type of comic. Hmm. It's just not enough good stuff there for me to say it's worth your time to read. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, I feel bad for saying that. Strong words from Jonesy Loves Beer. Would you even recommend this to Jim Lind, your arch nemesis on Twitter? Even him, I, I could not recommend this too. I have too much respect for human life to recommend this book to anybody. Jeez, and I'm sure I will, I'm sure our older listeners and the the two new, you know, know who they are are going to go be wild um <laughs> and upset that I had this opinion. They're going to get on their Spider Jerusalem cosplay and come down to my house and, and beat me up, but you live just, on that stuff. You live on riling oh, up yeah. your enemies <laughs> on Twitter. It's you say <laughs> that you despise it, but you just sit back and you just lick your lips like that Werther is in your mouth right now. I try now. to you click every te- every tooth together. that I have with this lozenge. Um, <laughs> Troll yeah, lozenge. I just, I just uh, I don't know. I just didn't like it. It's definitely something I recommend to read. Maybe. Not recommend that you'll like it, but I think it's definitely worth the experience. And go and trip the light fantastic with Electra Assassin. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Darton's gonna read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. You shoot us a letter. If we have time, we'll read it. All right, uh, first up, we have a friend of the show, Sean Miller, at Under an Anchor on Twitter. Hey, guys, love the last couple shows. While I was listening to them, to them, I came up with a new paper keg drinking game. Everyone listening to the show should take a shot every time Jonesy gets too close to his mic and you have to adjust your volume. Guarantee you'll be S-faced by the end of the show. It's an endearing quality of Jonesy's that seemed to happen so often that I don't know how it's not a drinking game already. You could also apply the same rules to how often Jonesy is not close enough to his mic and you have to adjust your volume. (laughs) I plan on listening to the next PK after a rough day at work with a bottle of whiskey next to me. Just kick back and let Jonesy get me plastered. Don't let me down, babe. Also, Slim Slim said something really interesting in one of the last shows about an artist changing up his drawing style the way a pitcher changes his pitches. I can't remember the artist he was talking about, but I thought that was a good analogy. Do you think it's a good thing for artists to try or do do you think it that it would actually that it would actually work against them? I could see how an artist could lose fans if he tried something new and deviated from something people were used to seeing. I guess it's similar to when a rock band puts out an acoustic album and people are outraged. I think fans reacting that way could hinder an artist's growth. What do you think? Uh, P.S. Let Jonesy pick the book club more often. Iron Fist is the best drink. Yeah. I think this Jonesy guy. altered that email at the end there. <laughs> Jonesy th- still thinks he's being trolled in that email. Yeah, I am. The artist that I was talking about was uh, Joe Infernari from The Bunker. It was The Bunker I was talking about. Um, I think you see that. I think you see that more with cartoonists. And I use that word specifically because I think cartoonists are, I don't think, maybe not because they do monthly comics all the time, but they do other work. They do other work. Like Joe Infernari does other artistic works as a job outside of the bunker. And he's done other things, whether that be like a strip or a weekly comic or what have you. I think a lot of monthly comic artists, you don't see it as much because they do the monthly comic grind. And that's just my opinion. Yeah, I think uh, people, uh, artists taking chances like that, and artists that are encouraged to take chances like that on on uh, a new project is is really good for their growth and for 
you know, kind of them exploring their talents and knowing what their strengths and weaknesses are and, and getting more people to fall in love with their work. I mean, I don't think it's bad, but, you know, I, I definitely, I think we on the show definitely try to keep a more open mind than, you know, a lot of the uh, ravel you could you could drum up on uh, on Twitter and, and, and bleeding, cleating fool and, uh, and stuff like that, that uh, kind of like just... To hate things just to hate them or whatever. I mean, you saw probably like nine different Sienkiewicz styles in this book alone. Oh, he was. Prob- so, I mean, you could say there are probably thirty different styles probably, he did in a miniseries. He probably like spit on a palette. He bled on a pet color palette, and then he just started throwing his brush around with his razor blades and his skin and everything. I don't. Even, <laughs> I don't even know. Frank, does that look like the word "die" to you? Just tell me yes. I'll put it right in. <laughs> it's right in the proof. Uh, I think he's I, going through, sorry to interrupt, Jonesy. Right. I think he's going through some of the older episodes when Jonesy was really just off the wall with his highs and lows. I, I like to think that my editing has gotten better in later <laughs> episodes where I lower his volume. Or maybe I'm just controlling myself emotionally more. Have you ever thought about that? Say, who can say, really? Can you, uh, the amount of times that Slim would just absolutely just throw his hands up and say, if you don't. Get into that mic. I mean, that's that's the best part of it when Jones, Josie's just staring off into the distance right now. He can't, <laughs> and I got to look at his screen. I got to p- poke a little pinhole in a piece of paper and look through it to look at his screen right now because he's just shining. He doesn't, he doesn't want anything to do with this right now, Jonesy. You could tell. It's like Jonesy yeah. applied butter to his forehead before he sh- turned that light on in the, in the show den. Straight greasy. Go ahead. Okay, so, your point. So you have that, a point, Jonesy? Go ahead. I, I just, uh, I, I don't know. We're so far away from how this letter started. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think anytime an artist experiments, even if it's just to avoid burnout and make sure they're not retreading their stuff constantly and kind of like, you know, just warming up or warming down with a project and are exploring that. And then they're able to get back to you know their comfort zone, refreshed. I think any that's always a good thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Agreed. So uh, our next uh, novella comes to us from friend of the show, uh, David Finn. Uh, hey guys, I saw you were doing Electra Assassin, and couldn't resist a quote quick note end quote. He's the Stephen King of our letters segment. <laughs> I have a very early memory of this book. Age 13, Labyrinth Comic Store, late 80s. An absolute dungeon den. I'd been into comics maybe a month. I read and loved Dark Knight Returns, some classic Punisher issues, and a Frank Miller Daredevil Punisher crossover. That was about it. I had absolutely no idea what I was buying. The barest knowledge of who Elektra was. At least now I'd have some reference points. All I knew was I dug Frank Miller. The cover image of Elektra against the white cover was spectacular. Dazzling! All the solo issues were sealed up and sold together right next to the DKR trade. Drink, Sean Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Dazzling! (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to keep it together here, guys. I still remember the comic store owner, an extremely tolerant young guy, sizing me up for a haze of legally questionable slip. As I handed him the sealed issues, I tried to appear unruffled and cool, waving my allowance, just a hip guy who enjoyed comics written by Frank Miller with controversial covers. He turned to... Oh, let me take a drink. He turned to his business associate... After a brief discussion in the smoky haze, they allowed it. Let's face it, they needed the cash. Cut to about an hour later, I was reading on the bus and wondering what the H I had got myself into. I remember thinking, wow, I should have bought more Punisher. (laughs) But I was young, and I'd spent my allowance on it, so there was absolutely no chance of me not piling through these issues. I I did get through it but I remember having to really adjust and expand my appreciation of what a comic could be before I'd even really understood what a comic normally was. As I write, I'm flicking over the hardcover I got a while back. Sorry, bud. 
mostly for nostalgic reasons. It's all still there. The jumpy narrative, the startling changes in art style, the rare moments of clarity in storytelling. And as an inexperienced reader, it was intimidating and almost alien, but it had its virtues. I recall being very impressed by the How end. How long is this letter? <laughs> My God. Did he send it like eight parts? This is crazy. I just had to reboot my phone. <laughs> How Miller somehow found a snappy conclusion out of such a dense book. There's a slight story hidden amongst <laughs> the vicious satire of the times that the book is. The art, especially where a lecture is showcased in a more traditional form, is absolutely beautiful and brilliant. Nick Fury with his enormous gun and eye patch seemed like such a kick A character to me. It's it goes on. I remember loathing the use of the out sorry, the cutout face of the politics. <laughs> I understand it symbolizes the cardboard cutout nature of politicians, but I didn't like it. It felt too <laughs> it felt too obvious and sterile for such an energetic book. But I don't think this was a book trying to be liked. It really is the burst of lunacy and brilliance. Hyper comics, barely tied down to a story, but still worth something. The synergy between artist and writer must have been epic because they both equally contribute to the barely controlled sanity of the work. It's still a book I think of as genuinely unsettling and impressive. Consider my 13-year-old mind completely blown. Peace out, guys. Keep up the great work. Now please refer to my second email where I continue on about my experiences as a 13-year-old boy reading comic books and go into several more pages about my appreciation of Sienkiewicz and the following references in MLA style. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. I, uh, I made up that last paragraph. Longest letter in show history. I think everyone stopped listening. Everyone uns- unsubscribed to the feed. But we had a good run. 137 episodes. That was his uh, lightning review. <laughs> oh boy! That was—I mean—that was a—that was, a, was a good review of the book. It really was. But mm-hmm. you know, he got lost in his letter. That's all. He he's, he's I think passionate. He might have David gotten, Finn is a passionate man. David Finn might have dropped some of those lewds <laughs> that that <laughs> that creative team. He was, was at on. that meeting in '86. He was in that drug den. <laughs> they probably sell those in convenience stores down in Australia. Who even knows? <laughs> Yeah, and a Pez dispenser like right, right up at the counter. Now's a good time to mention that Gen Z does not represent or speak for the other guys <laughs> oh, of Paper go. Keg in relation to drug <laughs> addled. I hate possible now, writing I hate weekends. Australia. Thanks, David Finn. Do we have any other letters? Uh, I hope not. Said my friends. I thought I saw a catcher letter there, but maybe I imagined it. I wish we got a catcher letter. I think he tweeted us, didn't he? I, I could. I could bet a dollar that we had a catcher letter. Did he just email that to me? Is that a personal email? Did I it may make be. that up? There you go. Book club suggestion to the three of us. It was not to letters at. Maybe it wasn't to be read on the air. I don't know. <laughs> Are you going to read it? or? Uh, I don't know if it's meant for prime time. Maybe we can read it next week. I want to I clear it with him first. Yeah, I agree. So, Lightning agree. What a book club. <laughs> We were just talking about how we are so positive lately. I think I'm we, always positive. I think we turned that into... That wasn't a pure hate fest, though. You got to admit. Was, I think it was a good criticism. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm real. I'm digging that book club. Uh, I think we made something out of nothing with that. Uh, Dale and I you know, gave it the benefit of the doubt. Oh, here we go. We looked at it from both ends. Devil's Advocate. And I thought we did great. You guys always do. Thank you. Uh, you know, Josie gave up long ago. You know? <laughs> if you're sitting back reading Electra and you want to take a break, you know, shoot us a review on iTunes if you so desire. Uh, we'll see everybody next week.
an hour before the show, I realized I hadn't read any other comics that I wanted to talk about <laughs> for the for the roundtable segment. I thought you did well. I was uh, I, I was pushing it too. I was uh yeah, it was bad. I'm like uh, I was actually eating wings and knuckling through the guided view. I purchased. I entered in my uh, iTunes password. I I double tapped to guided view and I guided viewed uh, guided viewed Guardians of the Galaxy all with my knuckle. Wow, on your on your iPad or phone? My iPad. Wow. So you do you usually prefer guided view or did you just? Uh, yeah, I actually do. Um, really? Yeah. I even on my iPad. I uh, as well, and especially if I'm not holding it in portrait view. If I have it propped up in front of me in landscape mode, I will guided view almost exclusively. What I love about it. um? What about uh, fit to width? You ever tried that? I do. Oh. I I like it. I like guided view better. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think it works. Right it works really well for me. The uh, there's only certain occasions where I didn't like it. I'm just I'm trying to think what I didn't like as good in guided view. Was it some? What did, did we just read? What did we read last week? Last week in the book club. Um, Wasteland. How? Oh, um, Swamp Thing. Swamp, Swamp thing. thing, yeah. Oh, no, no, it wasn't Swamp Phew. Thing. Swamp Thing, good lord. That was a good book. Uh, well, I wouldn't agree with that statement necessarily. Next book club. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. What do we think? DMZ? <laughs> Forget that's it. been on your list. I think that's on like a tattered parchment paper that's been in your back I pocket for I thought I'd bring it up. It's been a year and a half. Episodes. I just thought I'd just throw it back out into the ring. Jensie, do you have a, a suggestion? I don't. Off the top of my head, no. I can't get Electra out of my mind. Can't get you out let's of go, my let's mind. Go the, let's go to the wiki. The wiki. If I can get back to it. Have we done Death a, of the a DC family book we tossed later? around? We just did Swamp Thing. Oh, that's right. That's right. Did we do Winter Soldier? No, we've never done it. Man, we got to do that, right? Mm. Do you think it's the time? Sugar. I think that word in your mouth just agreed. I think it took the vote for us. (laughs) How many issues? I'm fine with that if you are. It's on a sale in Confessology right now. I can snatch those boys up tonight and just read it. (laughs) Done tomorrow. That's in its official. Winter Soldier. You just made the decision for us. I did. Call it one of my picks, guys. Yeah, I saw the uh, trailer. Whatever trailer they aired tonight, I actually uh, wa- I had to watch it. Uh-oh. You couldn't just close your eyes. Yeah, you didn't do that? No, it got me because I watched for half a second and I was immediately sucked in. I couldn't blink. That's the problem. If I, if I avoid it altogether, I'm okay. But once a tracker beams me... You know, I was actually pretty impressed that it was a two and a half minute trailer that didn't really reveal the plot all that much still felt like kind of a mm-hmm. teaserish two and a half minute plot just a lot of you know action stuff and nothing about the really the plot of the movie fantastic black widow fantastic black widow movie poster fantastic yeah you and don garvey both were you know i don't want to get into it really <laughs> Captain America by Ed Brubaker Come to Papa I'll have you read by the end of the night oh, You are off. living the dream You are. You need to be on you know, Men's Health Magazine The cover <laughs> How I do it It's going to be the headline That's it You just with your feet up in the show den Buttery what? face Pipe what? keeps me happy Is the headline <laughs> Good show. It was a good show. I think the book club really shined. I was that was another one I was nervous going into. I at least had the desire to finish this book, unlike another book club. Sea guy. That shall go unnamed. Sea <laughs> guy. <laughs> what was it called? Bad sea guy. It was a. That was. Did we ever talk about sea guy? Before? Yeah, I think we did. We did. How Dale put his foot down. 
Was it an issue in? Yeah. Look, I wish I could have did the same for Electro Assassin, but <laughs> I, st- I held out and held in there. Yeah, well, I think we talked about Sea Guy. What a mess that was. What was on the level on a scale of... Um, yeah, what's that other book he did that we did? Uh, the Grant Morrison tough guy book. Felix. Phoenix. Oh, Flex Mentallo. Flex oh. Mentallo. On a scale of Flex Mentallo to... <laughs> Like that oh, book man. made me like actually angry at people that liked that book. Flex Metallo. If you're comparing Electro Assassin to Flex Metallo, Electro Assassin looks like GD Watchman compared to that book. <laughs> <laughs>